when we think of discipline, we think of it very black and white, um, like children do. And when they make a mistake or do something wrong or make a no, no, then make a no, no, they have an immediate consequence, um, for bad, their actions. Bad little child. Stop, Andy. Now I gotta start over again. Why? <laughs> Well, hey, welcome to my podcast. I'm Andy, and this is my wife, Jessica, here for round two of our talk through Hebrews 12. How do you, how do you feel after doing the first one? Oh, all right, I guess. You feel, you feel pretty good? I, do you feel like a veteran, a podcast veteran? No. Mm-hmm. You feel, you feel nope. adequately equipped for what we're doing? Little, little, little bit, a little bit. Well, uh, I'm excited to have you here, and uh, we're going to jump in to talking through uh, Hebrews chapter 12, the second portion, which is verses four. I don't know why I gave you a one. Four through 11. Uh, I don't even know why I'm doing that with my hands. For those of you who are just listening and not watching, I just tried to do 11 with my hands and it, it did not work. I could take off a shoe and give myself a toe. I mean, I guess that worked, but technically that's just two. Yeah, whatever. Um, so anyway... Um, We're going to talk about Hebrews chapter 12, verses 4 through 11 today, and we're going to be talking about the discussion of discipline and what it means to be disciplined um, in the way that Scripture calls discipline, discipline, that we're disciplined by God. What does that look like? What does it mean? How does it work in our lives? So today, before we jump into content, you can do two things for me real fast. The first thing that you can do is subscribe. If you're enjoying uh, this content, if you're enjoying watching the podcast or listening to the podcast, wherever you see it, do me a favor and subscribe. You can uh, let your Apple podcast, your Google Play know you want to get every episode. And then on YouTube, you can hit the subscribe button. And we've actually seen a lot of you guys taking the time to subscribe. And that actually means a lot. We've grown by about 25% in um, YouTube subscribers since the beginning of the year, which has just been a few weeks at the time that we shot this. And so that means a lot. It lets us know that you're enjoying and valuing it. Um, And so if you haven't already done that, subscribe. And then you can also share this content, whether you're listening to the audio or the uh, watching the video, there's a share button and you can send it to somebody via text message. Maybe you know somebody that needs to hear this uh, or may just enjoy it. Shoot it to them. Let them have it. Uh, Let them have it, but not like punch them in the face. Um, just, uh, nicely, nicely let them have it. Don't, don't send it to them and be like, nice. you really need this. Cause you, you a terrible person. Like, don't do that. Don't be those people. Send it to them and be like, Hey, I think you would enjoy this. Um, even if they do need it, but anyway, well, let's jump into, uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and starting in verse four. And you struggle against sin. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subjected to the father of spirits and live? 
For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Yeah, so there's a lot that we could talk about in this particular passage about discipline. And what we're going to do is kind of talk about it in a few different phases of discipline or a few different illustrations of discipline. And the first one I want to talk about is thinking about discipline as kind of this, this guardrail or bumper in our life. You know, when I was a kid, one of my fondest memories uh, was going to Six Flags. Uh, when I was when I was a kid, we we never went to Disney World. Which I'm just gonna be straight up honest with you, I don't like have hard feelings about that. I know people who think Disney World is like the only way uh, to to raise your children. I never went, and I missed nothing. Uh, so just throwing that out. Now my wife went to Disneyland, but we went to Six Flags, which was a lot cheaper. And so I say that to say Six Flags is awesome. At Six Flags, there are these cars that are on a track that they're, they look like old school Model Ts. I'm assuming that they're still there. It's been like 25 years. They may not exist anymore. But I remember getting on these Model Ts and getting to drive around. I was five or six years old having a blast with my dad. And I remember driving like you could turn the wheel all kinds of crazy different ways. Um, but on the path, technically you're on a track, so I don't think the steering wheel actually did much, but the pedals worked, which was kind of cool. But I remember watching myself go down this road and being very aware of these giant guardrails down the road. And it was, it was almost comforting to me because I knew at some level I was being protected. I, I had this protection there that if for some crazy reason that I popped off that center track, I knew that I would hit that and not go off the road. It's kind of the same thing when you take a kid uh, to play bowl or to go play bowling for the first time. Play bowling, go bowling. I think you go bowling. We go. We go bowling. We go. Um, you, you have those bumpers that are down the lane. It's called a lane. That's what they're called. Uh, we we were talking about this earlier, and I kept on saying the bowling alley, and then we were like, "That's not right. That's I said what you the call it." Alley. They're called bowling lanes. I was incorrect. When you take a little kid bowling, we'll eventually take our kids bowling. I think at some point. I think Jackson would actually think that that's fun. Um, if COVID hasn't shut them all down. I know, right? <laughs> if they still exist after this, um, but. When you go bowling with a little kid, you put up bumpers. Why? Because you want them to get the ball down the lane. It's not so much about skill as much as it is just helping them get the ball down the lane. And it, it helps you stay on the path you meant it to stay on. And this is the same thing um, that discipline is in our life. We need God's guidance to keep us in the path that he has for us. Now, there are lots of different ways that people process God's will and God's path. And I'm not suggesting that like every little turn you should be asking, is this God's will for me? It's not like God is wanting to direct every tiny little thing that you do. I remember seeing a lady one time in McDonald's praying for what to eat. I, like sitting in there full, full on praying, kind of speaking in tongues in the background asking God what to eat. And I thought in my head, if you were really praying, maybe you probably would be told not to eat at McDonald's. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure God's not like 
Go eat some McMystery meat. So, but anyway, I thought, how ridiculous is this? And that's not what we're saying. But what we are saying is that God's discipline in our life does give us guidance and direction in our journey, in our, in our full life. And he desires to give us that direction, but we have to be willing to accept that direction from him. And I think for many of us, we, we kind of struggle with this tension of God's direction versus what a lot of us were told as, as kids. And I was told this, I know my wife was told this, uh, and most millennials heard, hey, you can be whatever you wanna be and you can do whatever you wanna do with your life. Be anything you want to be. Well, here's the truth. Yes, in theory, you can be everything or anything you wanna be, maybe not everything you wanna be, but you can be anything you want to be. However, when we choose to follow Jesus, what we're doing is allowing his plans um, to take a front seat and our plans to take a back seat. What he desires for us to do in our life is more important. And so, yes, while you may be able to accomplish whatever and be whoever you want to be, when I choose to be a Christ follower, I'm choosing ultimately to ask God for his direction in my life. All right, and having that mentality can be really harmful because we have this thought that we can do whatever we want to do and that God will be on our side when in actuality it's the reverse. Um, yes, in theory, you know, God has given us, um, the power over our lives and God has given us talents and, um, you know, smarts. Um, God has given us these things, but God has also laid a path already for our lives. Um, and having that, that mindset that we could do whatever we want to do really, um, puts up a barrier between you and God, because with, if something doesn't work out in your life, if you go in a direction that you think is your direction for your life, and it doesn't work out, then we have this tendency to get mad at God for it when that's not how it should be at all. We should look at it as a barrier or look at it as um, a diversion or a something that is trying to get us back on the path in which God had created for us to begin with. And God creates this path, um, you know, and it's laid out plainly for us. And there's obvious, you know, borders to this path because if we go outside of it, there is danger. There is um, things that we don't need to deal with. There are things that can hold us back. There are things in our that can cause issues for us when um, we don't need those things at all. And Christ has, you know, given us His will in our lives and laid out this foundation and laid out this path for us so that we can have peace and live life to the fullest in His name and in what He had created for us to begin with. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of freedom in that path, but I think for many of us, um, we we think either way too narrowly or way too widely about the path. Like, hey. All things go, I can do whatever I want to do, and God will bless it, which is not the case. There's a, there's a way that God's called us to, to live, and there's a way that God's called us um, to, to really um, embrace him in our life. When we find ourselves uh, just kind of going off of it, um, it, it's God's discipline that pushes us back to that. When we think of discipline, we think of it very black and white, um, like children do. And when they make a mistake or do something wrong or make a no-no, then make a no -no. they have an immediate consequence. When we think of discipline, we think of it as very black and white, when in actuality, it's not black and white at all. 
for kids, it might be when they do something that's wrong, then they have a consequence for it. They make um, a no-no. They make a no-no. Uh, they go to timeout or get a slap on the hand or whatever. Um, but as adults, we really have to rely on the Holy Spirit and we really have to um, replace our parents with the Holy Spirit in our lives and uh, secure those boundaries that were laid out for us as children and listen to the Holy Spirit for our current lives. Um it's so important to hear from God and it's so important to be in tune with his will for your life. Um, cause if you veer off of the path that he has for you and, uh, you choose to ignore the impression he laid on your heart, there are serious consequences that can happen. Yep. Not necessarily a slap on the hand or time out, um, but just natural consequences that happen with life. If you do something wrong or if you do something that was not the purpose for your life, you're going to put yourself in a situation where God's hand is off of your life and you are exposed to the realities of the world and what that could hold for your life. Um, so discipline is not necessarily always a border or a boundary where you can't go outside this path, but it is a reminder of the path and the will of God, um, that has been laid out for you and in hopes that you will listen to, um, his voice and put yourself back on the path that God has for you. You know, I think one of the things that's beautiful about God's discipline is exactly what you're saying, that he knows exactly what type of discipline we need in the different stages of not only our physical life, but our spiritual life. And that there's this beautiful connection uh, between where we are personally and how God responds to correct us. And I mean, you, we can see the the opposite of this and how dysfunctional it is when people try to discipline someone in a way that isn't effective for their stage of life. Uh, I know that I've seen parents in stores in like Walmart, their kids screaming and going nuts, and they're trying to rationalize with their three-year-old like that kid is 18, 19 years old. And you're just sitting there going, no, no, no. They need to see somebody take control of the situation. They don't need to see somebody um, like trying to rationalize with them about why they're upset. They need black and white, very cookies on the bottom shelf. What you're doing is wrong and this won't be stood for. Now, transversely, like if somebody had tried to do that to me when I was 20, like it wouldn't work the same as when I was three. I need somebody that can come along beside me and better help me understand. And that's what we're talking about. That's what God desires to do for us. Give us the right uh, type of discipline in the moment that we need it. And that that is a gift from God, understanding that. I think that the other thing um, that we sometimes misunderstand is exactly how um, God's discipline uh, reveals itself in our life. Like, what does discipline really look like in our own lives? What is it? Is it getting struck with a lightning rod? Like, what what does that look like in our own life? What we really need to do is look at discipline as love in our lives. Um, we, uh, as parents, and I'm sure all of you parents out there understand the importance of disciplining your child. Because if we choose, say for our uh, oldest son, Jackson, he has discovered how to lie. He's doing the lion. And, uh, which a lot. <laughs> so, um, not a lot, but I mean a fair amount, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. 
anyways, if we choose like to ignore that and just not correct him and not discipline him when he does lie, um, then throughout his life, he's going to have major issues. Um, all the way through childhood and as well into adulthood, if we choose to not correct him, as an adult, he can have issues with relationships. He can have um, issues in the workplace. He can have all sorts of problems um, that could have been corrected by us now when he's four years old that could have saved him so much heartache throughout his entire life. Um, Whereas, you know, if we just corrected it now, could have helped him throughout his entire life. Um, and so we need to look at discipline as love. And I love Jackson and I love our children now. And because I love them, I'm going to choose to discipline them so that they're not going to have these issues and, um, have all of these problems when they're older. Um, instead I'm going to help guide them and help them to know that what's okay and what's not okay and who they are in Christ and what, it is to be um, a normal functioning human being in society and um, what is, you know, good and what is right um, and what is wrong. And in order for them to understand this, we need to love our children and give them those guidelines and give them that help so they understand it throughout their entire lives. And they have um, those, the, that security in what they were taught as kids. Yeah, I, I think that like part of the scripture points back to this. It says um, at, closer to the end, I think it's verse uh, 11. Actually, it is verse 11. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who are trained in it. And I, I think a lot of people in this day and age don't understand that there is pain in most uh, things in the short term that render good fruit in our life. There's pain in disciplining a kid, both on the parental end, because it's work to discipline your kid. It's it's a lot to discipline uh, our our children at this age and be consistent in that discipline. Uh, But there's also the truth that it's painful for them, right? Like they don't like uh, being punished. They don't like being put in timeout. They don't like having to go to their rooms. Like they don't like any type of punishment, but it yields good fruit. And I I think back to like our time in youth ministry, we were youth pastors for uh, right around nine years. And it was a great um, season in our life that we loved. But I can tell you like Jessica and I can walk into a room uh, with teenagers and it's pretty clear who's been disciplined and who has it in their childhood. It's, I mean, am I right? Like, Mm It is obvious. Yep. Uh, the kid who is considerate of others and unselfish and humble, that that kid was disciplined. That kid was raised with good parameters and, and what it means to respect those in authority. But kids who weren't disciplined, they, you know, they're walking around like they're their poop don't stink, right? Like they're walking around like they can do no wrong because nobody ever taught them that they do wrong. <laughs> like nobody ever taught them that their consequences can be good and can be bad and they can be right or can be wrong. They've been told that everything that they do is good. And the problem with that is that the longer that goes on in their life, uh, the more unhealthy it makes them. And when they're little kids, people even joke around like the the little princess always gets her way and that kind of, and look, I call my, my daughter my little princess, but like she's still has parameters in her life. And while it's cute to not discipline your kid when they're little, 
it becomes unhealthy later. And I can tell you after watching those same teenagers who were disciplined or not disciplined as grown people, there's dysfunction in all of the kids' lives that we know weren't uh, raised in a household that really valued discipline. And I think that for some of us, uh, discipline is difficult because maybe your experience in discipline with somebody using that word to really mask or validate abuse. And, and I want to say to you, first and foremost, uh, what you went through, if you were abused, th- that's not okay. That's not acceptable. And I want to give no credence to anybody thinking that, um, that that is discipline because that's not discipline. And I want to also be clear that we're not saying that um, specific methods, like we're not sitting here telling you, you should spank your kid. We're not sitting here telling you, you should put your kid in timeout. Look, that's between you, your spouse and God. Like that's something that you should have a heaviness to that you take very seriously, a weighty decision of what it looks like to parent. And as you make that decision, you are consistent with it. I think uh, for us, like nobody's given us the parent of the year award, but I will say this. Uh, one thing I think that we do well is that we're pretty consistent in how we discipline our kids. It's not drastically different between Jess or I in what it looks like to discipline our kid. And we by no means have the market cornered, but I think that's something we've done well. And I think that there's some value to that, that it's learning to parent your kids together and consistently to make that work. Um, and I think that that actually helps your your child learn better. The other thing that I want to say, the last thing I want to say is this about discipline is love, that discipline from God, we just talked earlier about how God is not um, going to do anything like to us in discipline. Like it's not about God doing something uh, to punish us. Like he's not um, out to strike us with a lightning bolt because we did something wrong. I, I had a friend uh, several years ago that, uh, she grew up in the church that I grew up in. We were really good friends in middle school and high school. And when we went to college, she kind of walked away from the faith. And I actually think she she's not a Christian uh, today. And I remember her mom really struggling with this, a- as any parent would. And she told me one time, the mom told me, she said, I'm praying that God's hand um, would just fall on my daughter and there would be a moment that wakes my kid up. And, you know, I, I understand the sentiment of that, and I can understand wanting your your child to have a reality check to come back to faith. But about a month or two later, after she told me that, her daughter was in a, a pretty intense car accident. The daughter walked away from the accident, but it was, it was pretty significant, and it shook her daughter up really bad. And she came to me, and she said, that car accident was an answer to prayer. And I remember like her elaborating on that. And she basically believed that she prayed that car accident into existence. Now, there's two things wrong with my friend's parents' logic. Number one, this did not cause her to come back to faith. This, this did not cause her to, to all of a sudden become a Christ follower again. Like I said earlier, I'm pretty sure she's not currently a Christ follower. The, the second thing is this, that that that's not God's discipline. Now, there are definitely moments where God takes things like that and uses them to call us back to faith. The Bible says that God can work all things for the good, but God does not call those things to happen in our life. He doesn't cause them to happen, rather, in our life. And I think that it's very important for us to understand 
that, that God's not out to get us, that discipline is always from the posture of love. And even though we may not like it, um, it, it's, it's from that, that heart. And so we, we should not call things God's discipline that aren't God's discipline. Yeah. God is love and, um, love is not selfish. And so if discipline is happening and it needs to be out of love and God's love, God's discipline is always from a standpoint of love, not from abuse, not from selfishness, not from just not wanting you to do something in the moment, but it's an overall look. It's a it's a higher level look at your entire life in trying to help you um, be a better you and be a better person that God had already seen and already created you to be. Um, and good. as parents, we need to understand that too and not discipline our children in selfishness and not discipline our children in the moment, but to understand the and the entirety of the reason for discipline to help them prepare them and guide them for the life that God had already laid out for them. And ultimately that's what discipline is. It's guidance and direction from God's love for us. And it it may be painful in some seasons as it says, but the truth is that it will produce um, peace and fruit in our life. The fruit of righteousness, scripture says. And and I want that fruit. Even though it's painful in some seasons, uh, I want that fruit in my life. And I know that you want that fruit in your life as well. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our time together in week two, going through Hebrews chapter 12. Hope that it's encouraged you, challenged you, maybe in the way that you think about it. Maybe you grew up um, in, in a home where discipline um, was more difficult, or, or maybe it's a struggle because of how you grew up with people using that term in your life um, and in more of an abusive situation. And I, I want to encourage you, if, if that's you, allow God to change how you process discipline. Allow God to change how you see it, because if you will do that, it not only will affect how you view your relationship with God, it'll also view, help you change the way that you think about raising children, or maybe maybe you don't have kids, maybe your future children. It's a big deal to understand the goodness of God's discipline. Well, thanks so much for tuning in today. Until next time, you're watching the Andy McMillan Podcast. Mm-hmm.